All right, welcome back to episode five of The Wet Snood with your hosts, Coy Donahue and Gage Gullis. We have a super exciting We have episode. local legend here, Dan Collins. Hardway Outdoors. What's going on, Dan? Good morning. How are we doing, Coy? Gage? We're good. doing, man. We're doing We're good. good. So, you got a new job. I did. Yes. Moving to Idaho. How, uh, how's that going? Like, do you know, what do you know about it? Uh, so I'll be doing, it's called a rotary screw trap. So I'm, I have a fisheries degree. So I'll be doing, running this trap for juvenile steelhead and salmon and taking length, weight data of them and some bull trout stuff too. And then a little bit of electro fishing, but I'll be in Eastern Idaho on the Montana border. And I bought a deer tag before I look for a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try to get a Montana deer tag too. But that's, yeah, now I'm that's just awesome. trying, to, yeah. trying to find a place to live right now. That electro fishing is pretty cool. I was, we did a field trip one time. They did it through a little creek, pulled out some little brookies. Yeah. Just go float into the top. and Yeah, it's, it. It humbles you as an angler. There's so many fish. fish. There's, there's, there's always so many fish. And, like, we've done it before where we've fished it and then electrofished it. And, like, you feel like you do pretty good fishing and then you electrofish it. And, yep. and you just, yeah, I suck. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Um, that's exciting, yeah. A lot of, you're going to be doing a lot of fishing and hunting out there. It's yeah, a good place to do it. It's going to be this, the steelhead will be running when I get out there and then. Kind of, he's doing a lot of shed hunting and, yeah, trying not to get eaten by grizzlies and wolves and mountain lions, but you are better out there. Like, a lot of the tactics you use, you use around here in PA, you're going to, like, just carry That's what I'm curious, that's, that's what I'm really, like, curious about, because, like, I don't know how many trees I'll be able to climb or, like, how, like how patternable the deer are, because yeah. I'll be doing, my deer tag is going to be in a mule deer white tail like i'm allowed to shoot a mule deer or white tail but it was like more mule deer mm -hmm. but i kind of want my goal is to get a mule deer and a white tail and i'm only allowed one of each in montana or idaho so i'm trying to get mule deer idaho white tail montana or vice versa mm -hmm. but i'm wondering like how patternable mule deer are and like i'll probably have to do a lot more ground hunting which i don't right. do much here you don't yeah. have to but i'll probably do that a lot more out there but i'm just really curious how like patternable yeah they are yep. like i don't know anything about mule deer yeah. uh, so i'm excited to try something new and see how eastern tactics work out there it should be fun that'd be a lot of yeah new stuff I, I mean hopefully i run into some white tails because i'm in the rocky mountains so mm -hmm. it's like yeah look like babies here hunting our mountains like no that's nothing so yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it my buddy weston said that mule deer in the early season are pretty patternable but mm -hmm. then again you're climbing ten thousand feet in elevation from yeah the mountain yeah it's gonna be a different ball game but i'm excited and then it's from the pictures it seems like you could do a lot of glassing and there's open country so there's always a rifle too <laughs> if, I, if i have to i mean i don't mind yeah same with the fishing, kind of. You're going to just Euro nymph and yeah. do your same. Yeah, uh, my buddy Rich, Rich Ferreira, you guys yep. probably know him. Yep. He uh, was actually fishing western Montana, like right kind of where I'll be. Yep. And, yeah, it's, he said it's crazy. Yeah, when I, when I went out west to fish, like, I probably did and set up the exact same way as if I was fishing, yeah. you know, PA. Mm -hmm. Everything I did was... The exact same. Yeah, I would Euronymph in Alaska, and it was just ridiculous yeah. how well it worked. And when I was in Colorado, I didn't know how to Euronymph or anything. Right. It was I was in high school, so I just used big dry flies, oh, and nice. I was just catching huge fish all the time, <laughs> like every cast. So I'm excited to see how nymphing works out there. I guess it's pretty deadly. Yeah, so like, I would expect it to be pretty good. Yeah, I don't think, I think that's really big in the East Coast is the tight line stuff. Yep. So going out there it's a little newer to uh -huh. them and most of those people from what i hear just like hop at a drift boat and have an indicator floating yeah. beside them the whole time yep. so that i don't know we'll see what it's like that's cool that's definitely yeah it should be really exciting yeah do you think you're gonna like have a guide hire a guide at all no or, yeah, no i don't the wanna. hard way <laughs> i mean i, I want to can't afford it too i don't <laughs> want that yeah. so yeah yeah 
I hear you. Yeah, and I was so they were cutting down on a lot of Montana's non-resident tags and like gonna make you go through an outfitter mm -hmm. if you did get a tag or something. And they were just trying to pass that bill like last week, so hopefully that doesn't get passed, and hopefully I can just go unguided. Uh, I yeah. mean, I if yep. I wouldn't even put in for a guided hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably a lot of money. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of a downtime of year. Well, what's what are you doing right now? Yeah, I'm doing to? nothing. <laughs> I've been ice fishing. I've like I'm just itching a shed hunt and looking at it snowing outside right now yeah. and it's supposed to snow all week i'm just say up north they got twice as much snow as we did they said my one buddy went up there to shed hunt and said there was still two and a half feet of snow on the yeah. ground yeah even around here it's bad yeah. and i don't see it melting soon what do you what do you think about the uh you ain't even gonna be here but the trout season getting moved up yeah i I don't, from what I hear, people, I've heard mixed things, I guess. But I don't I, see why you'd be mad because, like, the, it seemed like trout season's here, like, mid-April. Yep. And then, like, two weeks later, the water's warm. Yep. And then everything's dead. That's, 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 I kind of like the trout get to live longer. Yeah. And plus, it's going to be colder out, so, you know, not as many people are going to brave that cold. Yeah. yeah. I like it because uh, it starts, like, a month before turkey season now because usually you go, like, trout season and next week's the youth hunt, then turkey season. So usually I get like two weeks of fish, and then I'm turkey hunting every day. Yeah, and I'm like everybody says, like I wish turkey season was earlier in Pennsylvania. Like ever, like it's that youth day of turkey is awesome. Mm -hmm. But like I've been shed hunting in March and seen gobblers oh, strutting yeah. with hens yep. and stuff. So like I wonder if this moving fishing so I, like they couldn't move it before because fishing season was there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if the movement of fishing season maybe in the future they'll move. Even even if it was just a week earlier turkey season or something. Yeah, I never thought about that. They might they might try to push that. That'd be awesome. I'd be down for that. Yeah. And yeah, like the last two weeks of turkey season in PA is tough. It's yeah. It's it's really tough. Yeah. Especially on public land, those birds have been worked and worked. Yeah. It's so hot out. I know. <laughs> oh it's my like God. you wanna wear a T shirt mm -hmm. hunting. Yeah. Yeah, shed hunting. You're huge into shed hunting, and it's been snowing like crazy. Yeah, I could feel myself getting larger <laughs> from lack of activity. <laughs> and I just need to, I want to hike so bad. Like, I would be out every day if I could, but yeah. there's no point with the snow. I've tried a little bit, but I haven't found anything. And the sheds, you really, it seems like the past couple of years really picked up like went crazy for sheds like yeah it, how many did you find the past couple of years like um two, 2019 i found like 26 of them that's a good year uh but that's like 200 miles yep. of walking and before that it was always like one or Right. maybe three sheds a year and i would put in maybe 50 60 miles and i wasn't finding it and i just started figuring out areas and doing better and then last year i was only in pa for one two january february and then september november so i was only in pa for like four months and i found six or seven sheds all of them on pretty much all of them were on like ferns like dead ferns yep. uh like they're like a golden color yep. Are they ferns? You know what I'm talking I, about? I know what you're talking about. I don't know what they're I, I think called. they're ferns. I, I think, but like they dig up the roots. Yep. And we found, I found, pretty much all those sheds were found on where they were digging up mm -hmm. the roots of those. And something I never noticed, even when I found all those sheds the year before, and it was like, I never picked up on the fern thing. But like, yeah, they're, and it's mostly like on fallen trees, like on a mm -hmm. tree stump. For some reason, it just must be easier for them to yeah. get at if there's snow mm -hmm. to dig it up. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of ice this year, and I, f I feel like this is really hard to dig through right now right. for the deer. Right. So I'm thinking more browse, more clear cuts yeah. for this year, uh, just so they don't have to work yeah. as much for food. It, it might be sense. until it might be May till we get out there. <laughs> we might get out there in June. I'll be ice fishing, man. <laughs> yeah. Forever. How far do you think you walk per shed? I I saw a guy last year did a study on himself. He found like right around 50 sheds 
and he calculated it out. He walked like five point six two miles per shed. Yeah, I've never calculated, but that sounds about right. For I mean, I've walked one day eighteen miles and found one, and the next day I walked five and found four. Yeah. It's it's just sometimes you get into those areas. Bucks will get in groups, and you hit that area, and you get get on a few. But yeah, I'd say about five or six miles average. You ever find yourself just daydreaming out there? Oh yeah, especially when the sun's <laughs> real bright. I find myself walking through, not even looking at the ground. Yeah, just <laughs> looking around. I always like if I'm out there doing it hard, I have to have snacks and water, and just sit down and take a break, and rest my eyes. Yeah. And it's stre- it's strenuous on your eyes and. Just hiking so much, burn a ton of calories. It's crazy how many match sets you find. Cause I, every set I've ever found has been by itself. That's and a I, lot. I can't I figure mean, it out. I do. I can't. I, nothing I, wrong. I don't know what I'm doing right or wrong, which is luck there. The ones that I found were, uh, three three of the five or six were in beds, and the other ones I were just luck together yeah. like in a bed together yeah yeah and like chris and i found a match set last year he found the one and i'm like well this is normally the trail from the food to bedding so i'm just gonna follow the trail up to the bed like the bedding yep. and i went up there and on the edge of the bedding there were some of those ferns and found the other side <laughs> like two two hundred yards from the, the match but most of them are laying side by side when i find them but a lot of singles I know you do a lot of shit hunting, like up in the mountains. You ever gla- you get glass a lot for that, or you just mostly just beat feeding? Yeah, I I I'll take binoculars because that'll help you like save a little bit of time. I mean, it's not a big deal, but like you can glass up or, like a something like oh, it looks like a shed. Oh, it's a stick. You know, have have you ever found one through binoculars? Uh, no, not like glassing and saw one. No, I can't. I don't think. But uh, not even Alaska. I thought that was going to be a big thing in Alaska. Like, get up in the tundra on a little hill and glass mm-hmm. and see sheds everywhere. But you just have so much undergrowth. Vegetation. Yeah, you can. I've, I've never shed. The only time I took binoculars was really to make myself feel like I was a shed hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never even, never I think I looked through it one, one time. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely helps just walk in if you see think you see something and it saves a little bit of effort walking i can't tell you how many times i think i see a shed run up to it and it's just yeah not even close yeah yeah my new york buck this year if i had binoculars i probably actually wouldn't have got that new york buck because i thought i saw a shed like 50 yards away and i didn't have my binoculars so i walked over to it and that buck was walking in like i would have never seen that buck. Yeah. like if i saw what i thought was a shed and glassed it i would have kept walking this way so uh, kind of funny how that would have played out. And shed hunting, it's like, how much of a, a factor does it like help in the fall, like come deer season? How much does finding those sheds really help you? I think it. I think it's good to find like, what, you have for the next year, and like what, like the big eight. I was like, I would have never knew that buck existed if I didn't find sheds. Right. So like that's another thing that could help. Um, but when you saw him hunting. How far was he from like where you saw him to his sheds? So, I found his sheds in spring of twenty nineteen, and I ended up seeing him like in August that year, a quarter mile from there in Velvet. And I'm like, shit, he's here. Like this is where he's living. So put up a bunch of cameras, and he was on all of them like I was getting them mm-hmm. pretty consistent and then like all through where I found his sheds and then this and then I he disappeared right before the rut uh this has been 2019 fall and then I ended up having an encounter with him in the rut about a mile and a half from where I found his sheds and then I never got him and I went to Alaska couldn't put any cameras out or anything but I'm like hopefully he holds that same yeah. home range because like I did so i had so much downtime in alaska like i'm just mapping this buck out like oh i got him on this camera coming from this direction on this wind at this time and like i literally had it like pinpointed to where i thought his bed was Uh like just from directions of cameras and like just working out the topography and knowing what i know about the vegetation and so i go in there get home from alaska i'm like if he's on the same home range i i should have a decent shot in early october before he switches to rep mode 
and I put all these cameras up. Never showed up on one of them. Hmm. Um, I thought he was dead. Yep. And then he popped up in this, where I saw him in the rut the year before. I had an encounter with him there. Uh, but he completely abandoned that whole home range where I found his sheds. Uh, don't he got know. pushed out? Hunting pressure? I, what I think it was, a uh, lack of acorns this year. Uh, when he did show up on camera again, I thought, because he was like 140-inch, 8-point the year before. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure he would, like, he just kept, like, I found his sheds and he got bigger. I was like, this buck's probably like five and a half, maybe, six and a half. And I was like, he should have another year of growth, maybe. And when I got the picture, I didn't even think it was him because his antlers grew a little bit, but they weren't as thick, and his body really shrunk. Hmm. So I'm thinking, like... Is he going downhill? He's, he's probably going downhill, but I think lack of acorns pushed him out of the area. Like, he just left to find more consistent food, and that's that where his sense. home range was. That's my thought of it. Because, like, just the... Way like he must have had a tough winter too, because his body you could tell he was trying to put more into his body than his antlers. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Like his, I thought yeah. his antlers would blow up, but I think he was just trying to survive. He's getting mm-hmm. to that age now. That does make sense. I know you hunt a lot. You walk a lot, mm-hmm. and um, how many how many people do you think? It's kind of a tough question, but how many people do you think? hunt the same areas as you because I, I know there's not a lot of people that walk as far yeah and so I always like I think every camera this year has probably picked up a hunter right. but I don't think anybody is like hunting like hard as hardcore yeah. like yeah. as I was yeah. like at all and any area like it didn't seem like I was running into the same truck like, I wouldn't see the same truck parked in the spot over and over it just kind of seemed like weekenders here and there, yeah, like people going for a walk. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't like anybody else was like yeah. going Pounding at it. Yeah, so that was that's nice to see, I guess. But uh, you, then you have the guys just walking through the woods everywhere. Right. That definitely messed up a spot when the when it came to the rut. I had all these bucks on this like one doe bedding area, and then I got three or four different hunters on the camera. Boom, no more bucks. Hmm. So. How far do you think you like average going back in? Um, a mile or two. It's yeah. nothing insane, but I I did a few that were I had to get picked up because I walked so far <laughs> this fall. But those were just like kind of scouting missions, and I didn't feel like walking back because right. <laughs> I I at that point I went up and down like four mountains, yeah. and it was probably eight mile round trip, so. Eh, pick me up over here. That's <laughs> crazy. But so you you uh you messed around with the saddle a little bit. Mm-hmm. In the late season, though. Did, did you? What did you think? Hey, what did you think about the saddle? Um, so I was doing it wrong when I first started. Like when I first got in it, like I I was putting it on like a, a belt. Like I think I was putting it above my belt. Uh-huh. I was just wearing it wrong. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like I was so like my legs were tired from it. I was like, this sucks so bad. And I was like pulling my shirt up. It was cold out. <laughs> and cold winds getting in. I'm like, this sucks. But like you have to wear it lower. And I I do enjoy it. Uh, once I figured it out, like I I think it's comfy. Um, I never had a deer come in, but like just practicing in the yard i mean i haven't done too much because it's been cold and i just don't feel like it but i could see myself and like enjoying it especially so i don't i don't have to carry 20 pound tree stand like that's my that's why i wanted to do it i'm tired of carrying it i'm not that old but like i'm getting there (laughs) and i don't want to carry anything do you take on your your longer walks do you take a climber or do you take your sticks and a a hang on Uh, if i know like what the vegetation, if I have an idea what the vegetation will be, like if I think I'll find some tra- straighter trees, I'll take a climber because it's lighter than my, because my, my uh, hang on sticks is, is like uh, my dad's, uh, probably older than me, the hang on, and it's not meant for portable stuff, it's heavy. Right. And the, the sticks are like the muddy sticks, like some of like the first portable sticks they made, and they're, mm. they're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have all my camera gear so like i i've taken that on like 10 10 mile hikes but it sucks really bad yeah so i'll take the climber because it's lighter but now i'll take the saddle yeah look at a saddle like the benefits would be it is a lot lighter Mm -hmm. and 
that uh, it just it's easier to hang up. You can get into pretty much any tree you want, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. I so if there's a lot of branches, like you're facing the tree, and those branches are like in your face, yep. like and you to get a bow limb around them. Right. But like if you had a hang on in that stand, like then the branches are coming from behind you out. So like yep. you're farther away from the branches and can work a bow around a little better. Right. So yeah, you can get any tree, but can you shoot that well out of it? And I like I don't know how well I'll be able to shoot to my right because I have a camera arm there. Mm-hmm. So yep. interested to see how that plays the out. The first but. time I saw a saddle was at a ski tar this year to shoot. Some guy was in it in a pine tree. What really turned me off was that he was in a, a thick pine tree, but he was sticking way off the tree. Like as You could see it silhouette perfect. Like I mm-hmm. think you would have picked him off really easy. Yeah. And being in the pine tree, you should be concealed. Yeah. So I kind of turned me away from that. And then I didn't know how the shooting would be being leaned back because I have a clicker on my bow, so... Yeah. I had to pull through my shot, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I would be able to get it leaning back like this, you know? Yeah. I think it'd be different. Yeah, like, having that hunch when you're shooting traditional, yeah. like, that little hunch to you, yeah. that, that restricts a lot of draw length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another thing. I I mean, I hunch so bad, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't get the full draw anyway, but, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I want to try out, though. It, yeah, I, there's benefits and and with everything yeah pros and cons everything but i'm just excited not to carry heavy stuff anymore i think i think it would work better i don't don't know my problem is with my climber i love my climber but it's so with a a recurve being so long you have to Mm -hmm. lean a lot sometimes do you have the bar in front of you i don't yeah i don't but like even like, when deer come behind you or something, even though they're eight yards, you still really have to lean. Like, I have side bars. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you really have to lean out. You yeah. Know, it's not terrible, but you you don't shoot like it's not normal yeah. for shooting. So it throws it throws me off Yeah, but, like, so, like, I don't put my seat up too high. Right. So that kind of yeah. helps. Yep. I'm You're a little shorter than me, but not too much. Right. But I've never really had trouble with it. Like, another thing I would do is, like, kind of use my tree stand harness as a saddle. And, like, if I have to, just lean on that over my right shoulder if I had to or something. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I would do to get away from the climber if needed. But uh, having a level platform helps to that extra little bit to walk out on. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, definitely run into times where you hit the run into it. So, um, so you've been shooting trad for your whole life. Yep. You, you went straight to a trad bow. Yeah. From that, the womb. That's sick. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Never use a compound or anything. No. No, I, there's pictures of me, like, shooting little fiberglass bows. I, I'm just real small, but my dad had some compounds, real old ones. I never shot them. I've shot them, like, messing around. I've shot my friends' compounds messing around, but never owned one. Or Is that just because your dad was so big into traditional, or is it... Yeah, like, that's a huge part of it. Like, yeah. he's, I was telling you guys, he has, like, 70 bows, yeah. st- stick bows, and, like, I never... He never, like, bought me one. I mean, there was some times when I was starting out traditional hunting, I'd miss or, like, wound something, right. and I was, like... I don't want to do this anymore. Like, yeah. I want to get a compound. I'm tired of this. And uh, he's just, he's like, stick with it. It's part of archery. And yeah. Once you get the first one, it's yeah, never going back. Finally got the first one. And there we are. Still doing it. But I I don't know if I'll, maybe hopefully one day I'll just kill so many big bucks with it <laughs> that I'll get tired of it and want to switch it up. <laughs> yeah. With a ladle. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy to me because, man, you, we, we went from, I mean, hunting was such a big thing, and we mm-hmm. never even thought about traditional. Tail. I used. I started out with the crossbow, so I was about fourteen. And then I used the compound for one year, and then me and Coy were talking. I'm like, you know how cool it'd be to use a freaking longbow or a recurve, yeah. mm-hmm. like the Indians. <laughs> yeah, we were like, like the Indians did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I knew, I had a bear grizzly and addicted. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. Yeah. I mean, never even thought about going. I'm back. surprised more people don't convert to it. Like, 
you never see one hardly ever on TV. And like there's oh. like they shoot like huge bucks every with a compound mm-hmm. and like yep. why don't you just try to shoot a doe with it or something? Yeah. Nobody like I feel like so so many people that like don't make the switch. Like I, I I think it's it's definitely growing though, for sure. It is. Yeah. I, I think I'm not trying to sound like disrespectful to anyone on TV, but like I think they gotta kill so much like they have to have content they, they need their content and with and the recurve you know you're not gonna get you're not gonna opportunities yeah. to do that yeah and it's like i feel like my channel doesn't like really do better because like the general people that hunt don't use a recurve and like when they are like looking at content they kind of want to relate to it mm-hmm. you know like they can relate to me hunting public land stuff but like the weapon I use, or like, oh, I, maybe I, maybe they don't want to watch that yep. or something because they can't really relate to it. Right. So, uh, so, but I, I'd like to see more people yeah. convert, mm-hmm. man. It's it's so much fun. Yep. I try my best to promote people, it. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's honestly life changing. It changes the way you hunt. Yeah, I mean, you got to become a better hunter to succeed mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I remember texting you uh, four or five years ago, asking. What do you think about this bow? Like, I was, I just went crazy for it. I just changed everything. Yeah. It, it really. What kind of bow are you shooting? So this guy in Penn, uh, I mean, Potter County, McKean County, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> up north. <laughs> yeah, he, Penn Archery Works. He he makes a few bows now, but uh, shooting a recurve he used to make doesn't make any more. Um, man, that thing is fast. I love that bow, but like, I use a, uh, I think it's a Kodiak for a backup. I forget what year, but I think it's about fifty pound draw. Yeah. But we have so many bows. Like I can just go. My dad's got this collection. Oh, and just, oh, I'll try yeah. this one. This one. That's how I'm trying to do. Yeah, I like. I love the recurves. Uh, the longer ones, like yeah. I think mine's fifty eight inches or so. I like the longer ones. Yeah. More forgiving, but yeah. I said my bow is 66 inches, and I want to get a 68 inch. Yeah. They're just, they're just nicer to shoot. Yeah, they are. And the long, I've hunted with a long bow. It's a little much in a tree stand, yeah. I think. I'll go, I'll definitely hunt with one again, but right now, I like that bow a lot. I shoot it well, so. The, the last bow, or I got that long bow, uh, I just bought it in December. It's 58 inches long, so I, I guess it's not a long bow, but they call it a, it's like a mix. Yeah, the high reflex, yeah, like yeah, reflex, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got that so I could fit it into a blind for turkeys. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about taking the... I've taken the bow out. Were you with we, me? We went, yeah, yeah, we went. I had the bow, yeah. stalking a turkey. Apparently yeah. that's illegal in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't yeah. stalk turkeys. I didn't know that, but yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> there was a dude that gobbler was there, there yeah. he had like a six inch beard yeah. and I'm like dude I stalk him dude it was perfect yeah. it was set up perfect to yeah. stalk I just pop up on the edge and yeah. so I stalk up and there's I see a turkey I'm like alright I got an arrow yeah. I'm like getting up and there's two hens and there's no gobbler I don't know where he went yeah. but it's freaking hard my boat's 66 inches so I can't fit it in a tent Yeah, I just try on the ground I I think I've drawn back like three or four times but as soon as you move. I, I've edge. never, yeah, I've never took oh. one in the, the spring. It's definitely something I'm looking forward to. I've took it in the fall a bunch, but, man, trying to do that in the open woods on a turkey, yeah. it's almost impossible. You gotta get, like, the stick boys in the tent. Get, like, a yeah. nice little, yeah. like, 54-inch, 56-inch yeah. bow and get into a tent. Yeah, the ground blind, man, I've, we've had turkeys. I've been able to, like, see a turkey's foot under our ground blind before. I've had them brush into and they just blind. they just don't care about. So that's, like, your best opportunity with a ground blind with a stick bow, I think. Oh, absolutely. But, I don't know. It'd be fun to just to hide do behind it. trees oh, and stuff. God. Yeah, that was kind of the overall, like, what I was going for. Yeah, how cool would it be to shoot a turkey? They, that's like, an accomplishment. Just, I mean, that's yeah. a true accomplishment to get a turkey with a... Yeah. I feel like such an Indian or something. You know? <laughs> just like so old school. Like yeah, yeah. That's that's neat. I, I've I've always wanted to shoot one archery season in the fall, and like I've failed so many times. Like you see them and they're coming in, and I always like, 
moving or something yeah. and they pick up your movement for like 100 yards and yeah. walk the other way mm-hmm. so like any more archery if i see a turkey i immediately guess to where i think it's going to walk yep. and i put my bow there yeah. and i'm like have tension on the string and i don't move yeah and it worked this year i had one first day of turkey season in the fall i had one two hens come in the, the first hen came around the tree and i was like getting ready to draw on and the second one came around first one started walking away so i was like i'll shoot the second one I hit the tree, yeah. but like I got a shot off just because I did. I was set up there, yeah. waiting for him. I was like, how I figure out how to. That's awesome. Have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> this fall, I had a group of thirty come in, and I drew back, and then I let down because the there was one at eight yards. And I drew back and it saw me and ran, and I let down. They stopped at like twenty five yards, but I didn't want to fling one that far. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. Vitals are like vitals are the size of an apple. Yeah. If that. Yeah, when they're. First, first fall turkey season, then for like it's like that two weeks, and there's that break, and it comes in on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I was taking my bow out majority of the days, and I just got tired of it. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just taking the gun this time. Mm-hmm. And the first time you take the gun, you call a flock right in. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, if I had <laughs> my bow, time. I probably could have got the <laughs> shot off. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so let's go to fly fishing. You I like are, fly fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you uh got uh big into euro nymphing. Yeah. Seems like you really took to that. Yeah. In competitions and. Yep. Yeah, doing a lot of competitions. Do you do you like? See, when I, a couple years ago, when I started nymphing, I was, kind of hesitant on doing competitions because I thought it'd like take the, the fun out of it almost. But mm-hmm. it seems like it. That for some people it's happened. Like, yeah. I know people, it's like, it's not even fun anymore. Like, yeah. I, you're just out there, like, pre-fishing. You're tying all these flies and tinkering with stuff. And you, like, lose your mind with yeah. over it. But, like, I love it. I think, yeah. like, I just go to hang out with everybody. Right. And, like, yeah, I learn a lot and just have a good time to fish. Yeah. And I haven't let it, like, consume me. Right. So, like, I'm not that competitive where it's, like, yeah, I lose my mind. Like, so, like others have. But, like you're fishing against guys on team usa you're fishing with guys from out west and uh carolinas and stuff like you and ever you can learn something from literally anybody right. watching them yep and make a ton of new friends doing it too that's so awesome it sounds pretty cool yeah i learn a lot it. yeah i've learned something from everybody so yep. north <laughs> up north yeah i've done some hunting up north how okay we'll start it here so how much do you think um, like, where when you spent your time up there going to school, mm-hmm. how much do you think that helped you to like scout and? Cause like, if you were living around here and stuff, do you think you still would have ventured up north that way? And, um, I being like a huge like thing I learned this year from living in my truck was like, and having a a home or the home base <laughs> is to like do everything helps your success a lot yeah. like dude i was living in my truck like i wasn't showering and like it, it was miserable and it wasn't like it was a blast like highly recommend it but like to to go and and scout was it's just a pain but like being there and having a apartment like i could go whenever i wanted right. and, and and do that but like living here and I'm sure I would have ventured up there. Like I, I think the hunting here is terrible. Yeah. Like in the central PA, right. kind of like yeah. people ask me like they'll message me like, "Hey, I'm looking to do an out of state hunt in PA. Like, where should I go?" I'm like, "Not here." Like, yeah. I swear, I swear on my life, dude. Don't <laughs> don't come here. Like, there is good hunting. Like yeah. I've d- done well here, but it's like when you go somewhere else and you see what they have, it's like. Wow. wow yeah, yeah. what well, i've been missing so much yeah. hunting here but yeah up north is special yeah you run into a lot less hunters like that like I'm we have a lot sure. of camps here that's like some of the most hunting camps on public land in the state maybe north america i don't know it's a lot world. of hunting camps the whole world <laughs> the whole universe <laughs> but uh yeah see and it's like easy to, to access like it's not a ton of topography depending on where you're at and it's like 
there's long roads and super easy access where you go north it's you more topography yeah. mm-hmm. to work and it's just like that barrier of a hill makes or breaks a lot of hunters going there or like a creek or something so like you have more deer survival and you have less people stealing your trail cameras <laughs> <laughs> yeah man when i when i went up north to hunt i never hunted archery up there but i i hunted rifle and actually i hunted bear up there because bear was in like a week before the deer rifle season came mm-hmm. in and i stumbled upon this spot on top of the hill where there was box everywhere just crazy oak trees and i'm like man i'm coming right back here next week and mm-hmm. hunting here and i seen deer until it ended up being a bunch of people come and pushing the hilltop off which is the only thing that scared me mm-hmm. from hunting up there more yeah i just got a in rifle though i mean yeah, archery you probably right. have it with yourself yeah yeah archery is i mean when i hunted new york and and all my time in pa i mean you really seems like you have it all to yourself like oh. maybe once or twice a year i'll run into somebody else but like rare mm-hmm. it's, it's really rare to run into somebody up there mm-hmm. and here it's like i've encountered a lot more hunters oh. archery hunting and like i've hunted here a lot less than up there Right. Like, I hunted every day last season and maybe ran into one guy. And here, like, I'll hunt, like, a few days, and it's, like, there's people. Yeah. So. Less civilization up there. There's not too many towns. Yeah, yeah. Really. Less camps, too. Like, there's just as much public land, but you'd have less camps. Mm-hmm. And, like I was saying, with the topography, nobody really wants to climb those mountains. Yeah. And it seems like people that own those camps are kind of getting up there in age, too. Right. So, like, yeah, you go up there first day of rifle season, like, those camps are packed with trucks. Oh, yeah. Who, how do they hunt? Like, how hard do they really hunt, though? Uh-huh. And right. so, I, I I don't think they hunt too hard, at, like, anymore. But Pennsylvania's million-man army, orange army. Yeah. Well, we were on the raft. We were calling it the Orange Navy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That was some yeah, cool Yeah, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Um, that. Where did you get the idea for that? I don't Where... I don't know where I got the idea. I've never... Oh, I, I go to a bow shoot, uh, Etar, with uh, this guy I know, and he was telling me how he hunts out of a canoe with his long longbow or whatever. And I'm like, what? And I, I did that's some Indian. research on it. <laughs> that's super Indian. That's super that, Yeah, that's yeah. Indian. I got to do that. <laughs> I was like looking up like the laws about it, and you're allowed to discharge a weapon from a watercraft as long as it's not powered by motor. Like, if it, I don't think you can even have a motor on it at all. It just has to be totally man-powered. You can shoot from it. Right. As long as the animal's not in the water, then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And it's public land, you're good to go. So, yeah, we just, I was like, let's, my buddy has a fly fishing raft, so I was like, let's try it. I got a special doe tag for that area just so yeah. we could do it. And, yeah. It looks like it worked pretty good. Yeah. You guys got quite a few deer, didn't you? Yeah, we saw a ton of deer, like, the Nobody does it, really. So, like, the deer will just... Like, only time deer see rafts or people boating is in the summer and stuff, and they're just... They're not shooting at them. Yeah. So, like, they don't associate... Uh, danger. Danger with, uh, from that, you know? So, that was... It, so, they just stand there and look at you. I could have got a few shots off of the bow if I had one. Or, That's cool. That'd be something. Take I know. Back. And especially, like, early archery, oh, I mean, on a hotter day, like, if the deer folks are more around water and you have leaf cover, I mean, just stay quiet. They just take your driftwood, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's sweet. That's something I'd like to do. That's something. Yeah. And, like, I had somebody come up to me a few weeks ago, and they're like, dude, I'm trying the raft. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, dude, I know right where you floated. We're going he's like, we already got it planned. We're doing it next year. And I'm like, you go out there next year there's 14 rafts yeah i know you're floating side by side and i'm like i mean i wasn't really like trying to hide where i was like if you were from the area you you yeah. easily could have told, told tell where i was and i don't i don't care right i just think it's funny how people are like dude i, I knew where i'm doing it. right there I, I don't care go have fun i actually did that already <laughs> yeah that's cool uh, that's awesome uh, we actually did it last year. It was one of the most fun things I ever had, even though it was like negative 39. We, uh, it was probably February. We went out at night and put a raccoon call 
distress on the front with red lights, and we were coon hunting out of it. And we're good? We shot, like, 12. <laughs> That's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, dude. So, That's and, like, crazy. we had three flocks come in. We couldn't get a shot at them, but, oh, man. And I had my bow. I was, like, because we were in a big river, and I was, like, what's my, I asked my buddy, I was, like, what are my chances of, like, getting a shot with a bow? He's, like, ah, probably pretty yeah. good. Let's take it. But, like, most of the coons were in the trees because it was so cold out. They were mm-hmm. just in the tree nest. Uh, so I was shooting suckers, shooting at them <laughs> from the raft at night. Cool. So arrow floats back up, <laughs> yeah. grab it. Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, but, like, I was scared putting those videos out. Like, people were like, because nobody really knows it's legal. Yeah, I was like, right. I'm going to get some crap for this. But yeah. I did a little bit, but everybody's pretty pumped You always about get it. crap, no yeah, matter what get, you do. Always, man. No matter what you do. I know. I don't mind it. Bad press is still press. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Yeah. Um, so you started filming. Um, a lot. How, how old were you when you started filming your own hunts? Um, I was probably freshman in high school. Um, I had my iPod Touch, and I filmed with that for three years. And I edited from it, and I uploaded it from the iPod. Um, my parents had a laptop, but like I couldn't, it wouldn't accept my footage from cameras. Right. So I just had to do it through the iPod, uh-huh. unless I wanted to make a slideshow of pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were a few couple. My first videos was like a slideshow of some brook trout and carp, <laughs> uh, with like the Foo Fighters playing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like that's just like we download that CD on the computer. Like that's what I had. So. Uh-huh. And then finally got a laptop and started filming with a handy cam for every year till now but i've been doing youtube for nine years uh december like 21st this year will be 10 years anniversary crazy awesome but yeah filming on the ipod i i mean i was i made this thing out of like aluminum and i bent it and i drilled holes in it and i put velcro on it so I could Velcro my iPod case to it and uh, drilled holes in it. So it's like a bent piece of aluminum that you put your thing on. I have a video of it. And it got a lot of views because it says, like, homemade uh, smartphone <laughs> slash iPod. But, like, the rest, of, like, that's what people see to click on. But it's, yeah. like, mount to hunt or whatever. Yeah. Like, and, uh, yeah, I just, like, had a little screw, like, with some nuts on it. And I would, like, put that in a tree and spin it and then have my yeah I, I never did film a hunt that way i don't think but i did make that i was trying to come up with creative ways to make camera arms and stuff but yeah that's yeah. cool what what kind of led you into filming like what um this kid started fly fishing a fly tying club at my high school like made a few brook trout videos mm-hmm. and i was like dude i could do that i don't like i want to I could easily do a video like that and and see where it goes or whatever. Yeah. And like I was really big into watching Leatherwood Outdoors, yep. so I was like, their videos are just point and shoot. So yeah, man, it's just here we are. Here's a deer. <laughs> there it's dead, <laughs> and it's like super. It's not like ton of editing or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like they're huge. Yep. Like, and I'm like they got some classics though. I love those guys. You could you could sit down and watch like every recurve kill, like. They have so many, and you could watch them within like an hour's time. Cause yeah. it's like, we're here. Here comes the. They're five minute videos. Yeah. And it, it's just cool. To that see. one where Shane stuck that huge ten point that time. That's, like, I stuck a freaking pig. That's, that's the my, best. That's like my favorite video ever. But like just to see how their videos weren't like edited crazy. Right. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Like I could do that, so I just started filming and trying. Yeah. And your videos even now are so so like realistic you're it's like you can relate Very to relatable. everything yeah. you can relate to everything and i so like people tell me like oh man you should make your video shorter i try like i just try to make the hunt like a whole experience like the whole process of the hunt like i'm not there to just go sh- all right i'm here right. dead deer i'm leaving i i, I don't 
want to do it like that. I kind of want to show like my thought process, why I'm here, why I'm setting up here and stuff, and like make it a story, like make each hunt its own uh-huh. story. So that's kind of how I do my thing. Yeah. But like people are like, oh, you should make them shorter. I'm like, make your own videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From start to finish, it seems like I'm always relating to something that you're saying. So it's super cool to watch and making the uh, video story is so much more fun to watch too the yeah. stick boys did a podcast about that saying trying to make your videos into a story like with a storyline behind it yeah. just makes it more interesting like yeah stay and, and like you're more. and like how you guys are saying it, you can relate to it more so like i feel like although i don't have like a giant following i have a very um like hardcore or like devoted following mm-hmm. where like they're more like attached because they enjoy it, and they maybe kind of like me for some reason. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I just have, like, a, a more solid following than a big one. Oh, yeah, I haven't missed a hard way. more hard. dedicated. I haven't missed a hard way outdoors video in five years. Yeah, man. Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> I remember, like, I think you actually stayed at my house that night. It was like five years ago or something. We were, when I first discovered yeah, you. You showed me. Damn, I remember the like, night I discovered you. <laughs> I think I watched that turkey or the fall turkey video with the head, the mount lamp, or like in your hat. Oh, yeah. You shot that beard hen. <laughs> yeah, man. And I was like, who is this kid? So I clicked the channel and you had that rookie video. It was like 37 seconds long. You walk down to the hole, you catch that little brookie on the egg. Yeah. I'm like, this kid's sweet. <laughs> 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 I watched you all night long. I had to tell him about it. I was like, yeah. and I had to, I didn't find you on Instagram. I'm like, this kid's from Clearfield. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's 25 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that uh, beard hen. Uh, I was a spot like I hunt near my house for archery a little bit when I was in high school, and it was the day before turkey season. I all these turkeys flew up beside me. I was like, and like, that was like the point where I wasn't going to hunt fall turkey anymore because like every time we went out, I had a buck in range, like <laughs> I had a shotgun and cause it's like the rut kind of, yeah. and like they hear you walking in the leaves and they yeah. just run in. Yeah. Never a huge bug, but like I was younger and I was like, I could have shot that dad. I would have <laughs> just day archery hunting. <laughs> and I love fall turkey hunting. It's awesome. But like, fall I, are my I don't favorites. really do it anymore. I'll do it those three days at Thanksgiving. But I'd rather archery hunt, right? And ha- and not be charged by a buck while I have a shotgun. Yeah, when I I shot my buck last year, and then I went home, got my turkey hunt stuff, went out for turkey, and I jumped the doe. She was bedded down. I kicked her out of her bed. Ten minutes later, I I think I told you I had that 140 inch buck mm-hmm. come running up. Yeah, you filmed it. Ten yeah. ten yards from me. Like stick bow range. Yeah. Here I am hunting. Indian you know, range. Indian range. Indian range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how that works. Yeah. You know. I used to hunt a ton of squirrels when I was younger, and the amount of mature bucks I've had walk by me, not within stick bow range, but within yeah bow range, mm-hmm. has been incredible. Yeah, we. My freshman year at college and. Looking back at it, we had a great time, but we hunted way too many squirrels. Because <laughs> I, we, none of us knew like what, like the deer hunting was right. in around. Like, and then I hardly did any deer hunting. I put a ground blind up in some apple trees, and I missed a seven point, like one day. I remember that video. And I was, I was like, this doesn't happen at home. So like, I kind of got a little more into it, and then I hunted like first day rifle here, or whatever. And I went up there, I was messing around, shot my biggest buck of my life, and, like, I did no scouting. Like, I put my time in, yep. but, like, I really didn't earn that buck. And now I put all this time in yeah. every day, yeah. and, like, I don't need to see deer like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but, yeah, we did a lot of squirrel hunting when we shouldn't have now think <laughs> about it. It seems like the more you try to eliminate questions, the more questions you have like when you leave the woods like yeah the more you try to figure it out yeah the more you yeah get into a whole another world of what's what's this well you know everything turns into my i think my so my first recurve buck that was like i i hunted a lot it was my senior year of high school 
I quit football and like I was hunting a lot after school mm-hmm. and I was kind of learning the deer a little bit but I wasn't like putting cameras out looking for signs stuff I was like oh there's deer here I'm gonna hunt here and I shot a buck with a reeker and then that big 10 point I did like no scouting in there and I just kind of walked out and shot a big buck and like the one half rack I shot it was a nice buck I walked out there the day before they're like this looks like a good spot went there the next day shot it yeah. and now I'm like putting all this time in and my bucks are like getting smaller <laughs> like i don't know what's going on but that's the difference between rifle and archery though you really yeah. you're gonna have to put the time in especially the harvest with the stick bow you mm-hmm. have to put the time and you're not just gonna go out there oh, this looks like a decent i mean you can yeah there's always that chance but to do it consistently you're not just gonna nah, run yeah. around and yeah luck's always a luck's factor, nice. but that luck's awesome i love, <laughs> I love yeah. luck but I think it's hilarious how I put all this time in now and don't even see deer yeah. that are, like, huge. I'd see them, but, like, don't get them. Yeah, you ever think you overthink it a little bit too much Every sometimes? Yeah. I ever thought deer hunting today, like, yeah. waking up. <laughs> you just, like, I always think about it. Yeah, I... Thinking back from, like, November 4th, man, I should have picked the other tree. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. I tell oh, he yeah. that we used to kill more stuff screwing around while hunting than we do now being serious about it yeah that's weird yeah. we'll figure it out yeah we're young <laughs> we got time yeah <laughs> what's on that card <laughs> uh, so what about fly fishing we kind of i think we kind of jumped that you see yeah we talk about fly fishing and we just end up talking about deer <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to setup my go-to fly fisher setup? Euro nymphing setup. For trout? Yes. Um, a 10-foot, four-weight syndicate rod with uh, any reel will do. And some Cortland braid core line to a Euro leader of your choice. To about four or five feet of tippet, I use P-line, two-pound, get... 300 yards for nine bucks. Yeah, compared to a... Compared to, like, Orvis or something yeah, or yeah. whatever. So I use two-pound P-line fluoroclear. And then my flies would be a little black size 18 nymph with a silver bead and an orange hot spot. And 20 inches below that, I would have uh, some sort of pheasant tail, maybe a size 16. Yep. That's a, that sounds man. like a winner. That'll catch fish anywhere. Yep. And uh, tungsten beads. Tungsten beads. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I kind of got away from split shot last year, and it definitely. Yeah. The day I ditched split shot was life changer. Yeah. Yeah. You just had more direct contact, yep. and like putting split shot on your tip, it like weakens it a little bit. You snap them off. How many times so. you snap right where you put your split shot on? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, hooking into like thirty-five inch fish constantly. <laughs> put, I mean, that split shot is not gonna hold, you know. It's gonna weaken your line. That that day we went down to the the J. Yeah. And you caught that twenty-inch rainbow in that streamer. Yeah, that Remember was a good that? day. That was in the winter. Yeah. I think it was March or something. Yep. Now I ended up taking the pictures of the trout and then dropped my phone in the yeah, water. <laughs> I had a For GoPro video, yeah. I yeah. had a GoPro, it was about it, but... And then I, you ended up catching that same trout, didn't you? Yeah, like a month later, yeah. on a nymph. Same hole. That's crazy that... Me and my dad went down there, and I caught a... It was like the same size rainbow. It wasn't that rainbow, though. It was different looking, but... He ended up catching the same exact rainbow, like, ten minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how... What do you think on that? Do you think... It can happen often. Do you think trout kind of wait? Uh, so, like, doing competitions, I've always wanted to know that because you have the same water getting fished yeah. all day right. and pretty much all the next day at times. I was like, what's... Like, we got to be catching the same fish, yeah. like, at least two or three times. Yep. You know, but I have not ever had a way to prove it. Um, I actually caught a fish in the Delaware once, and a brown trout was like 20 inches and released it a year later uh iron mike 
from uh, Flabby Legs. <laughs> yep. Caught that fish. And I'm like, that. I'm like, I did I knew they were there, but I didn't know, like, what spot. And, like, that kind of looks like where that fish was. And uh-huh. it had the same, like, blue cheek. I'm like, Mike, did you catch that fish right here? He's like, yeah, I caught that fish on the far bank above the island right there. I'm like, dude, I caught that fish. And, like, looking <laughs> back, like, I was holding mine the opposite yep. way as his. Yep. But, like, it was laying in the same spot. It looks identical. We just couldn't match the spots right. up. So, yeah. I, I can't say, like, I've re- released a fish and caught it again. Right. I used to not think it, like, especially on big trout, like, no way, like, those fish are so smart, and mm-hmm. you're going to catch them two times in a day. Yeah. But I, I think... When you're as good as Koi, catch them three times a day. Really. <laughs> Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying... I don't know, man, if you're hungry. That's true. I guess. Yeah. I did that one time, I can confirm it, though. The little native stream by my camper... I went up there on the first day of fishing. I went up there and caught my biggest native ever. It was like just under 12 inches, Brookie. And then I went back a week later, same hole, first cast again, same fly, mm-hmm. same fish for yeah. sure. Yeah. And like, I mean, you don't catch too many 12 inch native brook trout. No, and I know like guys that will musky fish, especially rivers, those, those musky will hold the same spot a yeah. lot. Like they'll hold a few, like 100 yards or so, but they'll, they'll be in that same general area but not so much with like lake muskie they move around more but like so like they'll go out and fish and move a muskie and maybe it didn't hit all right mark it mm-hmm. and then do it again all right same fish here he is and then I catch him so like those fish will hold the same spot and they'll like encounter him a few times mm-hmm. and uh i've heard the same with like bigger trout yeah they just have, like they're the most dominant ones so they have the best spot and they'll yeah. just hold that yeah spot so I mean, I've, I've caught in Palominos that, you know, you hear about the next week, oh, someone caught that big Palomino, mm-hmm. you know, how many times they get caught. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even once you catch, think how many times this probably got caught before I caught it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes on Spring Creek, like, you'll catch fish that are just, like, tore up. mouths are yep. tore up. Yep. And, yeah, they've been caught a few times. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you ever think about, like, Palominos, how a lot of people say, like, there's, like, a lot of people, not necessarily fly fish, but, like, man, palominos are so smart, and, like, you well, throw d- a thousand casts. Dude, I will say you have it You have it down to a science. Because <laughs> I've oh, only caught, like, two, and I feel like every time you post on Instagram, it's an anner. <laughs> Koi can't go without catching a palomino. Said, well, <laughs> if there's a palomino, up, he's going to catch it. <laughs> dude, he's good at it. But you think... So many people say... I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Like, I want to know how you're doing. Tell me your setup for the Palomino. <laughs> oh, I broke your <laughs> <laughs> Um, I use a clown egg. That's the secret fly. <laughs> 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 the clown egg. Secrets. Secrets out. Right the there. clown egg. You know, I've caught six Palominos and four on dry flies. Really? Three on a grasshopper. There was three little ones in one hole. And I caught them all in one night on a grasshopper. That's awesome. My my next setup's gonna be a grasshopper <laughs> <laughs> dropped off to a, an egg, a clown egg. You might double up on them, man. Yeah, you're gonna catch so many, dude. But like, just think, like you cast how many times at a palomino and don't catch it. Like people like say how they're so smart, but like you gotta think how many rainbow trout you don't see that you're oh, not catching right absolutely. there with it. Yeah, because they're you yeah. know the same as a, any other trout really, yeah. just different color. Yeah, the, I talked to a guy once, and he kind of, like, got Palominos down a little bit. He was mm-hmm. catching them, like, super, super tiny, like, purple nymph or something. Yeah. And they actually stomach-pumped a Palomino one time. Like, they pumped a, a bunch of fish they caught that day, rainbows or whatever, stockfish. Yep. And the rainbows had, like, bigger nymphs, it seemed. But he pumped that Palomino, and there was, like, tiny, a uh-huh. bunch of tiny stuff. Huh. And it was, like, a 20-inch Palomino. Pa- palominos are so weird because they are weird sometimes you see them move like 10 foot back and forth like feeding they do seem they're yeah. so aggressive well, I mean you can sometimes. see them but they do seem spookier than regular yeah, fish they, they, and they seem aggressive like they know. yeah but they're always moving and I'm like they're, I'm like that's a lot of energy to move like, be mo- you, like you gotta eat man yeah. <laughs> you chase this woolly bugger 17 times you got it. You burn so many calories. You got to eat, man. Yeah. There, I was at. There was one palomino 
it was feeding up in this riffle and I could not catch it. I've spent an evening there trying to catch it. I could not catch it. I went back. It was like the middle of the day, the next day. And it was way down in the slower water. Like I was like, oh, this thing ain't even going to eat. You know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's feeding. It's just chilling there. And first cast, I caught it. And it was, I spent hours trying to catch it the night before. Clown egg. Well, that was on a flashback hairs here. Oh. So there's more secrets. <laughs> there's a few. You're not giving them all away. Most of them have been on the clown egg, honestly. What color is it? Is pink. it pink? Yeah. This. You have one. This color right here. Huh. Uh, <laughs> probably whip a couple up. <laughs> one time on the first day, me and Heath are fishing. Shoulder to shoulder, and you get a straight stretch of creek, you can see 200 yards both ways. As far as you can see, I can see a palomino coming up. Within five <laughs> minutes, within five minutes, it went from the whole way down there, out of sight, up creek. 500 yards of creek. They're blitzing, man. It literally just didn't stop the whole way up. No way. <laughs> I swear to God. We're casting that. It's just by us. We're casting out creek. You know? I've never heard Trying to lead it like football. <laughs> I swear to God, we were. We're casting up creek with streamers. I like never heard of that. I, as far as you can see down, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like squinting, I'm like that. That's not what I'm thinking. Go it start is. the car. <laughs> we're at a damn chasing it. It went the whole way up creek, like, no shit, four hundred yards the whole way. Never stopped one time. So you get in the you get in the truck and you go way upstream and you start building this rock dam. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna stop here. He's not gonna get past this. Jumps it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jumps right over it, eats a grasshopper <laughs> on the way. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I think we covered quite a bit. What about uh, fox hunting? I wanted to ask you about fox oh, hunting. Yeah, yeah, you were doing yeah. a lot of that, and usually I do quite a bit, but this year I went out about three times, and I think the first time we went out, we called in a coyote and a fox and get a shot, and the next two or three times we didn't call in a thing, and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I... I probably did over 200 sits from like October till now. But like you do a lot in a night. Yeah. And you have a lot of slow nights or whatever. Like I'm not good at it. But when I go with my buddy Jess, I hunt with quite a few different people. And I have a Primos alpha dog call. And I don't think that's really meant for East Coast fox hunting. It's more like coyote, like West Coast driven, I think the sounds are. My buddies that have fox pros, like, oh, we called in 30 so far this season. Like, we, I'm like, all right. And I go with them. We call in stuff with fox pro. And so my one buddy, Jesse, I, we have, I always call in stuff with him. Like, he's, so what he does is, like, he'll run, if we're fox hunting, you're like, we're, and we're going for gray fox, we're playing fox distress. Right. Like, no matter how many rabbit or, bird sounds we've played a gray fox has never came in it's just seems like they they're they just want to like protect another gray fox or Mm -hmm. something and and same with red fox like if you play a red fox bark like you kind of have a more probability of a red fox coming in but like anymore like well what jesse found a good sequence was was playing your little rabbit or a bird sound you know you can still get something to come in you might get a bobcat to come in on that and then play a red fox bark go and then go into a gray fox distress um so what that does is sound then they think it's two fox and and then i guess compared to like if you just play a gray fox distress oh that's probably a coyote making that gray fox do that so they don't want to mess with it all right like like, that's a thing, like, why most things don't even come into a call. Oh, it's probably a coyote. And they're top of the food chain. They don't even want to mess yeah. with a, a coyote doing it. So playing that red fox and then gray fox, oh, it's two fox fighting. Then you, that's how we figure out to get them to come in. And it really seems like you can't screw up gray fox with the, the, the sound, like how loud it is. Like, play it as loud as possible with mm-hmm. gray fox. And come right that's how them. we've had luck. Coyotes and, and reds seem more picky. Um, I've only ever called in one bobcat with you. Yeah. Um, so I can't really speak on that. But my buddy, Jesse, has called in a bunch. He says, oh, I'll come in about three minutes on just some bird sounds mostly. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed 
a lot of the times, like when we're calling, they'll be. Have you ever heard them barking? Yeah, yeah. I've had them bark. They they've been standing out there where we can't see them because a lot of times we're not like an open field; it's mm-hmm. more like ground up field or something. A lot of times we'll hear them barking. It seems like every direction, you know, or mm-hmm. fox or whatever, coyote, we're always hearing them. But it seems like yeah, actually get them to come in. You got to do something right to get them commit. You just got to figure Typically, it out. Typically, I think when they bark, is they got your wind or you spooked them a little. Gray fox, you can still call in, mm-hmm. depending on how pressured they are. Red fox, if they're barking, it's probably not going to get them come in. Um, coyotes, man, they're just a different ball game. Yeah, it's, it's like impossible, but. Guys do it. Like, I'm in some Facebook groups of PA hunting, like, yeah. uh, predator hunting. Predator hunting, and like, it seems like there's people killing yeah. coyotes every night. And I was like, I'm like, I only ever called in two coyotes, and they were both at the same time. And I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> They're tough. Especially around here, because we have those, we have the Mosquito Creek hunt. Right. And like, don't everybody, pressured. everybody hunts them. Like, everybody, they've heard every. What Mosquito Creek's in two weeks, man. You yeah. go out anywhere there was one and stand. Last weekend. There's Cinema Honings this weekend. There was a big and one last weekend. I heard people talking about. I was in Ruse Hunt a few weeks ago. But, like, man, when Mosquito Creek's on, you go out anywhere in the woods and you're going to hear a dying rabbit. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I swear to God, yeah. dude. I signed up a few weeks ago. I was, like, number 2,000. <laughs> sign up for the hunt. Yeah. But... I've heard of people like killing a lot of coyotes with calls and it seems like you just got to put your time in like they'll come into it from an hour hour and a half mm-hmm. typically I was shed hunting one time with my buddy and uh there was two coyotes that ran by like 40 yards in front of us and we we're like what just happened and then like here comes five dogs chasing them <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, guys are coming on radios and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it was cool to see. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I started doing that with my buddy last year. It's cool to watch the dogs work. Yeah. Never seems like they have a, they have a good run when I'm there. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm just cursed with <laughs> coyotes. I've missed, like, two. I was killed one with my truck, though. <laughs> That's about it. But, like, yeah, I, I just, just had bad luck with them. Yeah. But running the dogs is cool. Yeah, it was cool to see think that like a coyote man they would beat up a dog but yeah no, I know. no. They, don't, they don't want anything to do with them no nope. anything else well, so that's pretty good that's I, a, I have a question what's going on describe a wet snood to me the wet snood okay. yeah. yeah you know what the wet snood is I know what the wet snood is but I, I want your view, your listeners to know for all you snooters out there <laughs> you gotta Find the biggest creek you know of and cross it in your clothes, gun above your head like Vietnam. 40 yard dash across the creek. You get across that quick, <laughs> get across there quickly. You kill the bird, the dandy bird on the other side, and then you bring him back over your shoulder. And Two his, inch spurs. When his snood is dangling in the water, it'll be all worth it in the end for that wet snood. <laughs> <laughs> So there's your wet snoot for you. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Alright, wet snood is out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for Dude, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was a good podcast. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, yeah, yeah. that was a fun talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully. You didn't learn about the clown eggs, and you must not have been paying attention. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, get a hold of you out in Ohio. Or I know. Yeah. And, uh, Call me up and tell you what I'm doing. Yeah, see what you're up to. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap.